Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. You are listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast, the third coast of Texas. The darkest truths from the darkest web need to be told. And you must listen to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Greetings everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Very much for tuning into another episode of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. And it is my pride and privilege to be doing so. Thank you all very much listeners new and old. Everyone out there in dreamland. Sincerely from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate it if this is your first episode or if this is your 300th episode. I produce a lot, I broadcast a lot, and I am glad for you to have joined me this time. New episode, it's going to be incredible, we're going to be talking about different and various humanoid encounters throughout history. At least in the modern history, because these are all volunteered, uh, submitted by the actual eyewitnesses themselves and collected via an archive called the Humanoid Sightings Journal. Humanoid Sightings Reports and Journal of Humanoid Studies. This has been compiled over the course, uh, over a decade, uh, from 2000, from 2000, I want to say the earliest one begins in 2007, and concludes on continually, every year updated by one Albert Rosales, Albert Rosales, Curating and updating the complete humanoid sightings report files has included thousands of new cases, corrections, comments, updates, images, etc. And a original classification designated Type X in dealing with these encounters and sightings. Encounters by humans with entities of unknown origin are what we're specifically talking about right now. And they have been continually reported since the 1990s was with ever-increasing frequency. Not that they have started occurring, but that people have opened their minds enough and offered enough of a speaking platform through public radio, magazines, etc., to be able to understand what is not easily classifiable. And I am not speaking about Bigfoot. I am not speaking about extraterrestrials via abductions. I am speaking about just the sightings and encounters 
with otherwise no explanation as to their origins or nature of clearly humanoid but non-human entities. Many of these so-called incidents were solitary encounters with bizarre entities fitting numerous various descriptions. These could be rogue humanoids or extrapolated to be UFO-related. But not necessarily claimed to be extraterrestrial in origin. Such previous works in academia and in the paranormal include The Humanoids, edited by Charles Bowen, featuring articles on humanoids by Aimé Michel, Jacques Vallée, Gordon Creighton, Coral Lorenzen, and other researchers. Passport to Magonia by Dr. Jacques Vallée discusses crypto-terrestrials at length. And of course, the 1973 Year of the Humanoids, released in 1976 by author David Webb. This is not a unique and solitary type of understanding of a case. This is an entire realm and discipline in studying the unknown and the paranormal. Falling somewhere between cryptozoology, ufology, and mythology. Albert Rosales is currently engaged in the Timothy Catalog Most Reported Encounters with Humanoids, Entities, Beings, Little Green Men, Giants, Men in Black, Creatures of Various Descriptions like Minotaurs and Centaurs, Amphibians, Reptilians, Greys, etc. Seen by everyday civilians and citizens, everyday people here on Earth as well as military, policemen, first responders, and other various government officials. So far, he has compiled over 10,000 cases, many not so well known, and coming from all corners of the globe. Many are first-hand reports, Others are anecdotes, but all are included. So we'll be reading a few of them of note, reading a few of them of relevance to the Beyond Top Secret Texan as it goes into 2023 with our focus narrowing 
concentrating, rather, like a laser onto Texas and specifically South Texas when possible. So we'll be first reading the Texas-based humanoid encounters and then moving outwards towards relevant subjects as we continue to read this list, going back to it, not just on this broadcast, but revisiting it surely in the future for the wealth of information it has on the unexplained close encounters with the unknown. Location, Texas. Exact location not given. Date, January 5th, 2008. Time, 6 a.m. The witness woke up at 6 a.m. because he had to be at his son's house at 7 a.m. to take his dogs to the vet. He remembers feeling a little bit shaken about what he had just dreamed. He had never experienced it before. He dreamt that he was standing on the bottom of the ocean with two men who looked like normal human men. He couldn't figure out why he couldn't still breathe air normally as he was on land. The men also breathed normally. He didn't feel the water or any other pressure surrounding his body and was somewhat afraid because he knew that he needed scuba gear to go into the ocean. However, the men made him feel safe. They held him in his mind and told him, that they were 4,700 feet below the ocean on the floor. It was dark, except for the light that came from the immediate area where the men and the witnesses were. One of the men handed him an almost perfect circle that was light green with an indentation in the center. It had a blue ring that hugged the circle, or almost circle, because it had a straight end to it resembling the round weights used on a bench press bar. The man told him, This is argon. Take it to your scientists. It will provide energy to light cities for 1,000 years. The use of argon for energy will save the planet's resources. He took the circle in his hands and began to go up, but became afraid and let it go, saying to the man, If I go up fast, I'll get the bins. He said to the witness, Don't be afraid. You will go to the surface slowly. When he surfaced, he saw a city with a lot of industrial buildings. It was difficult to describe because he felt displaced. The surface of the water was dark. He saw himself taking the object to a scientist who asked him, Where did you get this? He woke up at this point. This is a Type F, and its source came from MUFON. Location, near Brownwood, Texas. Date, January 8, 2008. Time, night. The witness was outside at night when she saw an object flying over her sort of flittering about in the night sky. She thought it was a craft, but realized quickly as it came close to her that it was a foot wide. It shot around really fast and made lots of sharp, nearly right-angle turns moving very fast. 
Then it got right over her head and flew down toward her head in a spiral or like a slinky when stretched out. She reached up and grabbed it just before it touched her head and it collapsed or rather scrunched in her hands. It felt like a fabric. It was material, but it was sort of prickly. But it rather scrunched in her hands. It felt like a fabric. It was a material. But sort of prickly. But rather scrunched in her hands. It felt like fabric. It was material. Seemed alive, but not alive. It was under intelligent control. She believes it was not alive in the sense that a bird would be alive. The next thing she knew, there was a small green box-shaped craft with beings inside. She went inside the craft. It was just large enough for two people. Suddenly, it flipped and she felt a jerking sensation and they were airborne. She saw two satellites fairly close up in orbit. They looked just like the ones we have in orbit around Earth. They were ours. The craft then flipped or jerked again and moved really quickly and the two satellites were somewhat further away. They apparently had moved a fairly long distance in a matter of a second. The next memory she had is of being inside something with large white rooms. Another larger craft. There were two tall humanoids, about six foot five and seven foot tall. They looked somewhat human, so she surmised they were hybrids. They had light tan skin and had eyes similar to ours, but they were squinting a bit like we would in bright sunlight. They had bulging skulls like she has seen before, and right below the ridge on her forehead was a second set of eyes that looked vestigial. They were there, but looked like they were no longer of any use as organs for sight. A being said to her telepathically, He has redundant sets of eyes. As she looked across the way, about five feet from her, that's when she saw a being as described above. She then looked at the being that was talking to her and realized he also had redundant sets of eyes and looked almost exactly like the being standing apart from her. The witness points out that there were other people with her at the time of the abduction. However, they did not see what took place, seemingly unaware of what they actually were looking at. Albert Rosales has this classified as a type G. Location, Copper Canyon near Denton, Texas. Date, January 21st, 2008. Time, 1.45 a.m. After a late night movie and after dropping off a friend, the witness, Bob, decided to take a deserted country road back to his place, which served as a shortcut. 
Bob drove on Copper Canyon Road, and as he drove over a railroad crossing at a sharp bend in the road, something otherworldly suddenly appeared from behind a tree to his left. Slamming on his brakes, Bob was stunned as a thin, gaunt, hairless, long-arm, long-legged creature suddenly was caught in the high beams of his headlights. Less than 20 feet away, this weird, 5-foot-tall, slumped-forward, long-fingered entity darted smoothly across the road, alarmingly in two seconds flat. However, the real shocker came when it stopped under the yellow light of a streetlight looming overhead, then turned, glancing in his direction. Like the eyes of a cat, yellow light reflected back at Rob as he tried fighting the fear of the unknown. He stared wide-eyed and shaken as the unexplained nocturnal visitor silently turned and resumed fast and gracefully sliding, striding across the road. Thankfully, away to his right, Bob's mind whirled as he watched it quickly squeeze through the partially open gate of a driveway, and within a moment, the thing vanished into the line of the woods in the far side of the field to the southeast. Bob drove home in a state of shock, but later being something of a hand graphic artist, he successfully reproduced a detailed illustration of the being. Earlier that evening, around midnight, two witnesses spotted a glowing amber-colored chevron-shaped object zooming through the sky. The UFO appeared to only be about 1,000 feet up and moved like a stone skipping across the surface of water. That is classified as a type E. Now I will read the classifications clearly and insert them, I know, to before the segment, so I will make sure I do that. It's a mental note to self. But these have been and are continuing to be the Texas-specific humanoid encounters as cataloged in Albert Rosales' Humanoid Reports and Journal. Location, Louisville, Texas. Date, February 2008. Time, afternoon. The witness, a grocery store employee in the produce department, was on the floor making sure everything was stocked and cleaned, and was walking around when he noticed a man come around the aisle completely by himself. He was wearing regular clothing. Nothing was apparently unusual about him, so the witness continued what he was doing. The man just kept walking around the department and looking around the store as if he was lost. At this point, the witness said that he noticed that when was weird about the man was the way he walked. He didn't walk like a normal stride, but in a way, it was almost like a slow-motion type walk. Yet not so dramatic and obvious as you would picture such a walk. It was hard to explain, but it was weird and oddly slow. The witness continued to work and had bent down to pick up some trash on the floor, and when he stood up, the stranger was a good ten feet away and was staring straight at him. Completely motionless, they stood looking at each other. 
All of a sudden, the stranger's eyes turned completely black. No white parts of his iris were visible. Just completely black, but it only happened for a couple of seconds. Puzzled, the witness broke eye contact and continued working. The stranger then just walked away. This was classified as an E. Echo. E for echo. Location, Houston, Texas. Date, February 2nd, 2008. Time, 2220. The witness was driving on Interstate 45 in his 2004 Dodge pickup truck headed northbound. He took the West Mount Houston exit and got on the road. The road was nearly empty, which he thought was very strange. After driving about eight miles, his truck was completely engulfed in a fog. He didn't see where it came from, but he didn't think much about it at the time. The time was 2027. After a few seconds, the fog cleared and he was all of a sudden driving down Main Street in Tomball, which is a good 15 to 20 miles from where he was when he entered the fog and way past his house. Incredibly, no time had passed and it was still 2027. The same song that was on the radio was still playing. Somehow he had completely bypassed West Mount Houston and Highway 249 as well as all intersections, lights, and stop signs to the main street of Tomball in the fog without stopping. At first he was very confused and he pulled the gas station to turn around and the truck started acting very funny as if it didn't like whatever it went through. It wanted to die at traffic lights and just ran rough in general, which it has never done in four years since ownership. It finally started returning to and running normal and the drive back home and has never given him problems since. Was this an unexplained abduction event? Or time slip or an encounter with the electric fog phenomenon it is classified as a type G location Aubrey Texas date March 2nd 2008 time 2:45 a.m. The witness had left his home to do contract service work at a commercial building, which he typically did during the very earliest morning hours. It was cold and raining, also quite windy. He had turned on a residential street to get out of the main highway. About 100 yards ahead, his headlights illuminated an approximately 5-foot-tall, all-gray, white being with very long arms that hung down which was moving rapidly across the road along a cross street. It moved very fast and did not turn its head towards the witness. 
He had the impression that it did not have any clothing, as it seemed uniformly glossy, wet from the rain from top to bottom. It badly alarmed the witness and took only six or seven seconds for his work van to travel to where it had just been. He stopped at the intersection and looked in the direction it had gone but didn't see anything. It had not stayed on the road. The witness got out of there in a hurry. This is a Type E encounter. Location, Fulton, Texas. Date, March 28, 2008. Time, 3.30 a.m. The witness was sleeping with his windows open when he was awakened by a very strange noise that was hard to describe. The noise was like someone wearing metal shoes walking on his concrete driveway and porch. At the same time, he could hear talking that was like a bubbling sound that would change in frequency and pitch. At times, it would sound excited and talk faster. This was always with the metal on concrete noise. It would go away and then come back. At one point, he went outside and sat on a porch swing in the dark. There is a mobile home park across the street and one home had some lights on it. He then saw a dark, low-flying form pass the lighted windows at a fast rate. Then he heard sounds from inside the mobile home park and dogs started barking. Concerned, he decided to go back inside his house. He kept hearing the noise and until dawn started to break. He found the experience very creepy and hard to describe. The source is Newfark. The National UFO Reporting Center. And it is a Type E. Location, Georgetown, Texas. Date, April 24th, 2008. Time, 3.15 a.m. The witness was awakened by a female voice in his head. Telepathy, maybe, saying, John, wake up. And then a very clear rectangular screen picture, like a TV screen, appeared in his bedroom 10 feet to his left and 6 feet from the floor. The screen was approximately 3 feet to 2 feet and did not emit light anywhere in the room, not even on a large dress mirror located behind and to the side of it. On this screen was a human-like being with black or dark brown bulging eyes, very little white showing. No eyebrows, a very small nose, a short, thin, straight-lipped mouth, and off-white to vanilla skin. The figure wore a beige helmet with a clear faceplate which covered its hair and ears if it had any. It wore a dry diving suit. A beige off-white diving suit with three or four circular fittings in positions like a t-shirt or necklace. Since the screen ended at mid-chest, the witness could not see any hands, legs, etc., although the being constantly moved his or her lips the entire two minutes this episode took. No sound was made. The being reminded the witness of a TV news anchor facing the camera lights. 
A clear reflection was shown from the helmet and a faceplate with a tan light brown wall in the background. Back in February of 2008, a guest in the house had seen a small human-like figure standing in his room early one morning. This is a direct submission from the source. And it is a Type E encounter. Location, Irving, Texas. The witness involved in... Oh, sorry. Date, May 26, 2008. Time, 4 a.m. The witness involved in previous encounters watched a small gray color spaceship land near her and a small thin alien with pink skin, a light bulb-shaped head coming out of the object. Using telepathy, the alien told the witness that it was time to go with them for good. Immediately after that, some sort of force began pulling the witness towards the spaceship. He started to float in midair. But suddenly she decided he did not want to go yet and saw herself back into his home. Soon after the encounter, the doctor told the witness that they had found precancerous cells in a yearly routine exam she had recently had. This is reported to Newfark National UFO Reporting Center and is a type B and G encounter. And that was the Humanoid Encounters for Texas in 2008. Okay, moving down into their chronology because 2008 is the most recent year they have on this database available online through the GeoCity site that I have available to me. So 2007, location Galveston, Texas, date March 2000 or March 21, 2007, time 3 a.m. Mr. Harry White was awakened by noises coming from outside his opened window. He sat up in bed, and he was very alert since his cat had been keeping him awake all night. He could see most of his yard, which he scanned. He possessed exceptional night vision. Suddenly, his eyes landed on an object that seemed out of place and moved with blinding speed behind a small metal building. It had been totally dark in his room, but this figure that was light-colored and perhaps three feet tall seemed to know that the witness noticed it. Perhaps five minutes later, the proximity lights came on and he heard noises on the roof. His room was located next to an attic over a garage. He then heard what he could only describe as breathing for about five to ten minutes, and when he put his ear to the wall, something was scraped down the wall, like fingernails. Strangely, he was not afraid at the time, but gets really scared when he thinks back about it or retells his story. In the morning, he searched the backyard with his mag light, which immediately went dead. He further described the figure as having a head, a torso, and being the size of a small child. He states that he had never seen anything move with the speed that he witnessed that night. He has trouble recalling the sequence of events and thinks that he could not account for as much as an hour between the time he heard the scratching noise on the wall and the actual walking outside to investigate. 
moving to 2006. Location, near Nacogdoches, Texas. Date, early January 2006. Time, night. David Salomon, in his 60s, was riding his dirt bike in a secluded forest north of the location and had stopped to rest when suddenly he saw a figure standing about 12 feet away from him. The figure was short, willowy, whitish in color with large, dark eyes. The figure said, May I connect with you? Terrified, the witness prayed in agony, but he could still hear a voice in the area of his frontal lobe that said, Say yes, and he said yes. He could plainly hear a voice behind his left ear in the region of the brain that handles speech and verbal logic. The short figure then began to tell him many things about the pyramids and the sphinx of ancient Nephilim giants of 50 terrestrial races more devout than monks, of a flying miniature planet that sets up the gravity of planet Earth on the bottom and its atmosphere and flies at 12,000 miles per second without subjecting its occupants to G-forces, of Chimera experiments gone awry, of Mothman, Bigfoot, Champ, Nessie, etc. It would be the first of several sit-downs, Solomon said, would have with this entity. His small mouth never moved. His pushed-in furrowed face reminded the witness of a Pekingese, a breed of dog. His nose was nearly non-existent, and his enormous eyes were like two black almonds that slanted upwards at a 45-degree angle. The large veins of his bulbous bald head were clearly visible. The entity called itself Magnus, and told the witness, I am using your own lexicon embedded in your mind to communicate with you. On February 3rd, 2006, Magnus would dictate to a witness, or to the witness, 38 pages of information he wished for him to pass on to Abo, his word for humans. At one point, he asked Magnus about Atlantis, but his answer was ominous, and he inquired no further. Basically, the entity said that it was too much information and it wouldn't be wise for the witness to know about it. He also asked about implants and was told that each piece of metal is attached to nerve endings which transmit location and biological data to an object not unlike a mainframe where all whom they tag are kept. There is no hand on manipulation required. The data is continually transmitted to each abductee's cell in the mainframe. If one of the implants is surgically removed, a cell becomes dormant and the monitor alien is alerted. The witness is apparently a biblical scholar and found many parallels in the Bible of alien intervention and alien or angel contact. In fact, Magnus told him that they have been monitoring the earth for thousands of years. A lot of the information was indeed compared to religious dogma, and according to the alien, there is a definite connection. Note, there was much more religious-specific information given that this account summarizes into the event itself. 
given by the eyewitness. So the eyewitness that gave this testimony was making a lot more religious and spiritual significance than is what is detailed here, which is just the event of contact. There is no case specific to Texas in the year 2005 catalog. Two thousand four. Location Seguin, Texas. Date May twelfth, two thousand four. Time twenty three hundred. The two witnesses, a man and a woman, were walking a dog when they suddenly spotted a giant disc shaped craft descending from the sky. The woman began screaming, saying that there was a loud ringing in her head, and she thought she could hear voices trying to talk to her. The dog became disturbed and ran off. The man began to cry as two more discs appear. He could see that the objects were charcoal gray in color and ringed with black lights. All three craft had what appeared to be strange writing or symbols on their hulls. The witness thought these resembled ancient writings. This was reported originally to Newfork, the NUFORC organization. There are no records for 2003. So moving to 2002. Location, Pringle Lake, Texas. Date, March 28, 2002. Time, 11 a.m. Mark Hackamack and a friend had taken an airboat out on the northwest side of the lake to do a little red fishing. The day was kind of hazy, with broken cloud cover. They had caught several trout and were just chatting when he looked up a large redfish while play or hooked up a large redfish while playing with the fish. Mark happened to glance upwards and say, saw a large bird-like creature emerge from a cloud bank. His friend saw it too. After about 20 to 25 seconds, it flew behind clouds again. The strange creature was grayish in color and the profile of a raptor. Short neck, head, no legs sticking out behind, and no long tail feathers. Mark could not take his eyes off of it. He estimated the wingspan to have been 10 to 14 feet in length overall. It appeared to be soaring on the wind. Although he did see it give a couple of light flaps with his wings, the witness could only relate this to the legendary Thunderbird group of creatures in cryptozoology. 
Location, Houston, Texas. Date, late May of 2002. Time, afternoon. The witness was at the local electric company in order to pay a bill when she decided to use the restrooms. Sitting in the stall, she then noticed on the side of the wall of the stall what appeared to be a face lit up in a dull light. When the witness looked directly at the face, it vanished. She described it as having a large round eyes, no visible nose, and a slit-like mouth. Could this have been a peeping Tom alien? And this was reported to the Unsolved Mysteries television channel in 2002. Location, San Antonio, Texas. Date, early October 2002. Time, early morning. Kara Aubergen was walking through her neighborhood when it was still dark. She lives in a suburban neighborhood surrounded in on at least three sides by extensive wooded areas. She happened to see something out of the corner of her eye as she walked along, and when she looked in that direction, she saw what initially impressed her to be a very small, stark white person squatting on the ground in the alley about 25 feet away. It was still somewhat dark with moderate rain falling, so she was not able to get a detailed look at the creature. She was, however, able to describe it as about two and a half feet tall, and entirely white all over its body, either covered in very sleek fur or just very white skin. It was seated on its haunches and appeared to have tiny, dexterous hands like a very small person. She was not able to see its head or face clearly and was able to make out either hair sticking out around its head or some sort of spines along its back. She hurriedly walked away from the area. This was reported to Cryptozoology.com. Location, Zenora, Texas. Date, October 8, 2002. Time, night. Adrian Sanchez had pulled his work truck into his yard, and as he was walking towards the front door, he noticed a strange odor. Looking back toward the truck, he noticed a small figure inside the truck. It was picking up the CB microphone and attempting to speak into it. After a few moments, he could make out two colors inside the truck, orange and blue. He watched the movement of the lights for a long time until morning came, and then the lights faded. There were other witnesses to the event also. As work time arrived, Adrian cautiously approached his truck and seeing nothing, got in and started the engine. He proceeded to a house and unloaded the products from the back of the truck and then proceeded to the Eden Walcher Fuel Island to gas up. As he did, he again noticed some type of small figure in his truck. He watched for a short period of time until the figure disappeared. He drove to his next location, which was San Angelo, and then reported the incident to the local police. This is located in the UFO Casebook Newsletter for October 12, 2002. Now bringing ourselves down to 2001. We find one case 
from 2001 in the records location McKinney, Texas. Date February 10th, 2001. Time 45 minutes after midnight. Ronnie Rhodes saw a hovering bright semi-triangular shaped craft from a distance. He attempted to film the object but was paralyzed. Out of nowhere, a three-foot-tall creature with a bulb-shaped head appeared. Its skin was light green-brown in color and appeared shiny or wet. It had large, black, glossy eyes. Its hands had three fingers and did not appear to have any joints or muscles. The creature approached the witness and touched his hand, turned around, and walked away. The witness then apparently passed out. He woke up a short time later near a field, 17 miles from his home. This was published in the UFO Abduction Raw Data Page from UFO Watch. In the year 2000, in, Lo- in Del Valle, Texas, October 15th at 2.30 a.m., the w- witness was awakened by a loud noise that seemed to be approaching the house and getting louder as if in a vertical descent from the sky. For some unknown reason, the witness laid in bed terrified and shaking but unable to move. Suddenly, she turned her head and saw several figures in the room. Two were holding her shoulders, one on each side. She suddenly became warm, and she stood straight up. She then was floated over the floor and out the front door, accompanied by a bright white light. The beings were short, with large black eyes and long dangling arms. They had large heads. Her next memory was being back in her bedroom at 4.30 a.m., Again, she heard the loud noise, but this time it appeared to be leaving the area, growing quieter. She also noticed a strong odor in the room, but it went away after a few moments. This was reported to Norfolk, the National UFO Recording Center. A reporting center. Location, Kingsville, Texas. Date, December 31st, 2000. Time, 4 a.m. The witness suddenly awoke and heard a low-frequency buzz or vibration. He sensed that the house was tilting at an angle and braced himself, thinking it was an earthquake. As the tried to brace himself, he realized that he was totally immobilized. He could not move any limb or even his head. By that time, he looked to his right, toward the skylight and saw a beam of blue light that he sensed was searching and had found him. To his left, he also saw a light coming in from the window. Now he felt in a semi-awake state and realized he was being examined in bed. Looking around, he could not make a, or he could make out a small dark figure on his left, above his head to his right, and then suddenly directly in front of him about 10 feet away. He saw what appeared to be a holographic figure. He asked them what they wanted, but received no response. He sensed that they were intent on examining him. It suddenly stopped, and the blue light then gradually went away, 
from the skylight and the window. Location, El Paso, Texas. Date, February 14th, 1999. Time, midnight. The witness saw a bright green light descending. It seemed to get brighter as it got closer. As it approached, it dimmed, revealing a silver disc-shaped object that was spinning. There were several lighted windows around its rim, and the witness was able to see several shadow beings inside. Interesting connection to UFOs and the shadow beings, otherwise known as shadow men. Location, Houston, Texas. Date, March 6th, 1999. Time, 2355, which is 1155 to those who are not familiar with military time or international time. 1155 p.m. Douglas Journeyman and his girlfriend had gone to bed when a few minutes before midnight he felt compelled to look out the window. Derry saw a misty apparition. It was a face of little substance, but with very large eyes. The other features were obscured, but he could see a non-human nose and no visible mouth. After seeing the figure, Gentleman felt an electric sensation going through his body. Beginning at his wrists and his waist, his body became numb. The sensation traveled through his body twice, becoming somewhat painful. The sensation ended and the face disappeared entirely. There was no evidence left on the scene. It says that in the file and it's... Kind of uh, understandable now that there's no evidence left behind this because it feels like it's electrical transmission or some kind of energy projection, like a holographic image or a dialing of a radio. I really like and remember that one, the uh, one he said a TV-type rectangular portal appeared projecting an image of what appeared to be a person in a uniform. These appear to be projections most of the time, including the one that was just recently in a bathroom where they are able to kind of tune into uh, the present moment of whoever they're observing. Location, San Antonio, Texas. Date, July 18th, 1999. Time, 5.04 a.m. The main witness was staying with a known abductee and her child in order to offer some protection and company and had fallen asleep when suddenly he felt movement behind him, thinking it was she, she, he did not turn around. Then he felt a body next to him. He then felt a pleasant touch on his upper back, and he felt a peculiar sensation as an arm passed over his ribcage. Concerned, he tried to move, but he was unable to. He was finally able to turn his head when he saw a round, basketball-shaped object under the covers. He jolted to his feet and heard a slight giggling sound at the same time that the object under the covers appeared to deflate and disappear. 
He attempted to wake up the abductee, but was unable to. Two nights later, he saw a small white grayish figure standing just inches away from him that suddenly disappeared. He said, in summary, other strange occurrences were happening at the same time. Location, Canyon Lake, Texas. Date, October 2nd, 1999. Time, night. After a party, six young people were walking through a field when they noticed that their bodies began to glow in a light resembling that of black light. Soon they heard noises like people running through the grass right beside them. They then saw what appeared to be figures climbing up the trees. Afraid, the witness began walking back to the truck and drove to a nearby old Indian cemetery. They parked about 20 feet away and decided to go into the cemetery. As they neared the cemetery, they noticed something approaching them. It appeared to have a human shape and red eyes. They all ran back to the truck. One of them was pulled to the ground by an unknown force as he reached the truck. They also noticed a figure sitting between two trees, cross-legged, as they drove away. Very interesting. Encounter possibly with a Native American spirit. Or a resident djinn. Sunrise Beach, Texas. Date, September 25th, 1998. Time, 4.40 a.m. The witness was driving his truck along his paper route. When he was rounded a corner, he saw a disc-shaped craft with green and orange lights hovering about 25 or 30 feet above the ground. He also briefly saw a 4-foot, 8-inch tall figure apparently standing on the object that quickly disappeared from sight. The truck started to slow down, then there was a bright flash of light, which apparently blinded the witness momentarily. When he was able to focus again, the object had disappeared. Location, Oakville, Washington. Date, April 1997 time various three years after a powerful rainstorm hit the area leaving behind a mysterious gelatinous substance on the ground and at least one witness Sonny Barcliffe saw several unmarked black helicopters flying low over the area these helicopters were being flown and followed by a large triangular shaped craft that was completely silent and glowed all around its periphery Four strangers dressed in dark suits visited the town and asked about the gel shower incident. A local police officer, John Lubin, ran the license plate of their vehicles. They belonged to someone living in Fort Hood, Texas, possibly belonging to an Army Intelligence Unit. This was written in the book Erickson's Paranormal Project. As a men in black incident.
Location near Longview, Texas. Date April 28, 1997. Time 2200. The witness was traveling on a business trip when he had a flat tire. A truck driver stopped to assist when they became aware of an object about 100 yards away. There appeared to be a figure in white clothing moving inside the craft. The object was circular and emitted an occasional flash of light. The truck driver walked over to the object in order to obtain a closer look when he suddenly ran back in fear, yelling that they had to leave the location and fast. Both got into the truck and began speeding away. The object silently passed over the truck and quickly flew out of sight. This was reported in UFO Times, issue number one. Location, Lubbock, Texas. Date, December 12th, 1997. Time, 2.03 a.m. The two young witnesses had stayed up late studying and had gone to bed late. Suddenly, a strange silence and bright flashing lights outside the window awakened them both. Frightened, they both fell their covers gently drawn from their... Oh, they both felt their... Uh, covers gently drawn from their beds. One of the girls then saw standing at the foot of the bed a tall, thin figure with large, black, shiny eyes. At this point, her memory ends. The other girl then sees the man witness body rise from the bed and into the waiting arms of a tall, thin figure. Another figure then appears and also carries her into his arms. Unlike her friend, she was conscious during this part of the incident. Soon, she found herself in a different place, lying on a strange surface that was both hot and cold and surrounded by tall, thin figures. She felt a sheet over her body but was unable to move. She could only move her eyes but could not see her friend anywhere. But moments later, she saw several of the beings carrying her friend's body out of the room. Looking towards the ceiling, she saw an object descend slowly and silently towards her stomach. It resembled a very large needle. At that point, she fainted. She woke up in the morning lying next to her friend on the kitchen floor. They could vaguely remember the incident and, find, and find strange marks on their bodies afterwards. This is reported to the National UFO Reporting Center. And occurred 1997. 1996. Location, Texas. The exact location withheld. Date, May 1996. Time, night. Sharon... Not her real name, involved in other encounters, woke up during the night to strange bumping sounds in her house. The mysterious bumping sounds woke her up periodically during the night. She was afraid to get up and investigate on her own. Finally, she woke up again to see a strange humanoid hovering in the hallway directly across from her bed. She described the humanoid as a small negroid being about three and a half or four feet tall. 
He wore a complete astronaut suit with a helmet, dark blue gloves, and boots. The helmet had a clear visor, and she could see his face through it. She described his complexion as being a reddish or dark pink color with two vertical folds of flesh across the sides of his cheeks. His lips were large and fleshy, and his nose broad and flat. His eyes looked totally human, and his expression was that of complete boredom. He was holding a round black device that seemed to her like an old-style radar gun used by the police. He pointed the object at the window in her bedroom and floated there as though waiting for something to happen. She also observed a white glowing light around him that reminded her of an aura. After a few minutes, he disappeared, and the hallway in the bedroom became dark again. A minute or two later, the room and everything in it was suddenly brightly illuminated. Then, to her surprise, everything abruptly went completely dark again. The next morning, she found all the grass and tree leaves on the side of her house near the bedroom window were yellowed and clearly dehydrated. This was published in a book written by C.L. Turdage titled Sexual Encounters with Extraterrestrials. Location, near San Antonio, Texas. Date, November 1996. Time, night. A rancher woke up one night after hearing a lot of noise coming from the corral area. He got up and went out to the corral and turned on the lights of his pickup truck. What he saw was a bizarre animal trapped in his predator trap. As soon as the animal saw him, the animal tried to attack him, but the trap and the chain held it. In the distance, the rancher saw another two of the same kind of creatures kind of running away from there. The creature in the trap was two feet long, but the other two he saw in the distance were about four feet long. According to the rancher, they were really not running, but taking leaps anywhere from 10 to 15 feet at a time. The creature in the trap was described as looking like a large lizard with a large head disproportionately large for the body. On its back coming from the spine, there were at least 13 vertical spikes that stuck up 12 inches off the back of the creature. It had a long tongue ending in a sharp tip. Somebody from nearby Texas University picked up the creature in the trap after it died and its body apparently was never returned. This was published by Antonio Gullion researcher of the paranormal and a book end of the line location Houston Texas date November 24th 1996 time 2 a.m. during a very stormy night the witness was having trouble falling asleep and was very restless there was a window right above the bed after a couple of minutes, something started making her feel very strange as she was in some sort of trance. It felt as if something was pulling her from inside. At the same time, something appeared on the upper part of the closet door directly across from the window. It was a reddish figure and appeared to have wings, or something on either side of it that was moving up and down. She also saw a shadow pass by the window to the left of the bed. 
The creature then apparently disappeared in an instant. The witness's husband did not report seeing anything. A week after the incident, the witness suffered a nervous breakdown in public. Source, UFO sightings in New Mexico and the rest of the world. Location, near Dallas, Texas. Date, February 2nd, 1995. Time, 3 a.m. The witness suddenly woke up and found herself staring at a short, thin, white being. She was lying on her right side and its face was only slightly higher than hers. It was about three or four feet tall. Next, she saw movement out of the corner of her left eye. She looked and saw its hand lifting slowly off her shoulder. Its hand had three very long, white, slender fingers with rather bulbous tips on the ends. The creature was very white and frail-looking. The abdomen was sunk and the hollow-looking, which made its chest seem to protrude all the more. The being moved slowly toward the top of her head. She suddenly felt that the thing was, being, was scanning her mind. A cold paralysis or electric sensation spread through her body as she heard the being whisper something. Her next memory was of seeing the being standing by the hallway staring at her. She then went back to sleep uncontrolled or sorry uncontrollably went back to sleep. Location, Atlanta, Texas. Date, June 1994. Time, 2 a.m. The witnesses were camping in an isolated field near a pine thicket. At night, one of them had fallen asleep while the other woke to see a bright light shining outside the mosquito netting. He woke his friend up and went to investigate the source of the light. Walking across a pasture, he saw a large ball of light apparently sitting on the ground nearby. They shone their flashlights at it and apparently blinked out of existence. This frightened the witnesses who began to run away. After running for about 200 yards, they heard some noises coming from the nearby pasture. Looking around, they saw about six to eight human-like figures approaching the fence line. They ran back to their tent and were unable to sleep the rest of the night, but remained perfectly quiet. They heard strange noises outside the tent throughout the night. This was reported to Newfark. Location, Houston, Texas. Date, April 5th, 1993. Time, late night. After receiving a post-hypnotic suggestion instructing her to defend herself from her alien abductors, the witness was in her bedroom. 
sleeping when she awoke, and two short gray humanoids with large black oval-shaped eyes came in right through the wall. As one of the beings approached the bed, the witness grabbed what seemed to be a black protective eye shield over the humanoid's eye. His skin felt rough as she tore the eyepiece off. A moist liquid fell from the witness's arm. It was described as a mucus-like substance, thick and viscous. The beings then retreated through the wall and left. This was reported by Tricia McCannon, researcher, in the International UFO Library Magazine, June-July issue, 1994. Location, near Dallas, Texas. Date, August 18, 1993. Time, 2300. So it's 11 o'clock p.m. A young Hispanic woman called neighbors and asked them to come to her house immediately. Due to some strange goings-on in the house, one of the neighbors, Jill, grabbed her camera and headed over the house. When Jill arrived at the house, the entire family was in a state of terror and extreme agitation. Two of the young female family members were cowering in a corner of the living room holding on to each other. The Hispanic woman sat in a chair curled in a semi-fetal position rocking back and forth. She then pointed it to the backyard. Jill looked through a sliding glass door that led to the backyard and saw a being approximately 15 feet from the glass door. The being had glowing red eyes that seemed to be scanning the house from left to right and top to bottom. Jill began snapping pictures through the sliding glass door. At the same time, the Hispanic woman heard a loud, long ringing sound in her ears. Eventually, the being disappeared. Other, other family members reported seeing similar beings going through doors, windows, and walls the same day and possibly two days before. An anomalous image did appear on the developed film. Location, near Dallas, Texas. Date, November 15, 1993. Time, late night. In a dreamlike state, the witnesses found herself in an unknown location with three short, gray-skinned humanoids. They were talking to her. They were about three to four feet tall and were telling her that Armageddon will not be what most people think it will be. There were several tall beings standing off to the side, and they seemed to be observing everything and seemed in charge. Location, San Antonio, Texas. Date, December 9, 1992, 5.30 a.m. The witness suddenly awoke to the faint sound of voices and music. She then heard someone walking away from her bed towards the stairs. She then saw a tall, slightly glowing, man-like figure run past her window. He was very quick and vanished in moments. The witness remained in a state of panic and could not move for a long while. This was reported to paranormal investigator Dr. Carla Turner, Ph.D., and published in the book Taken. 
Location, San Antonio, Texas. Date, December 31st, 1992. 3 a.m. The witness remembers walking outside by herself and hearing a loud buzzing sound. She looked up and saw a huge gray metallic disc-shaped craft drop straight down from the clouds. The witness sat down cross-legged and watched the craft change into a sphere with four legs with strange markings on its sides and land nearby. Moments later, the craft lifted straight up and left in a curved flight path. Later, under hypnosis, the witness remembers sitting on the ground and seeing a group of very tall, pale, human-like men standing in front of the object. They all wore white clothing and watched her very intently. She received mental communication from the men, then remembers entering a very shiny room where she was examined by one of the men that had light hair and blue eyes. Source, Paranormal Investigator Carla Turner, Ph.D. Written and published in the book Taken. There are no reports for the year 1991. And no reports for the year 1990. And that is as far back as the chronology... goes covering the existing records they have available for searching from 2008 to 1990 and those were the Texas specific Unknown and paranormal sightings included in the IRAP Independent Research Association for Anomalous Phenomena Web Index as compiled by Albert Rosales for the Humanoid Sightings Reports and Catalog Journal. Thank you all very much for tuning into this one broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan, broadcasting to you from the third coast, the Gulf Coast, the coast with the most. It's my pride and privilege to be doing so. Thank you, listeners, new and old. Follow Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan, like I always advise you to do. To keep up to current with websites, social media, etc. For example, just had my Instagram, the main, the flagship, the mainstay of the Beyond Top Secret Text and social media experience, deplatformed at 3,333 followers. It got nuked, it got zucked, but we are back with Beyond Top Secret Texan 2. 
right back into Instagram, right back into that battle of truth over censorship of freedom versus the hive mind of the unknown and the unexplainable versus skepticism and denial. We'll be publishing more episodes throughout the year involving Texas-based location-specific paranormal and conspiracy-based theories as well as incidences that are both obscure as well as doing the traditional and classic beyond-top-secret Texan experience, the greatness, the classics that is obscure, controversial, public domain media archived in full uncensored audio in absolute defiance of censorship and the spirit of the proletariat's enlightenment with knowledge. We will be exploring a lot more esoteric and occult subjects as well as more controversial subjects involving um, astrotheology, for example, and a true geography and history of the world. We'll also be tackling a lot more UFO, secret space program, extraterrestrial encounters, experiencers, and eyewitnesses, as well as speaking more about the real-world political and anti-war stances and movements that really are going to matter this coming century. They're really going to be important to myself personally. We're going to be getting more rooted. We're going to be getting more grounded as the year goes by. And hopefully getting a lot more real. Thank you all very much. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Namaste and shalom. Thank you. God bless you and your families. Peace out.